What's up, bosses? Before we kick off this episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that gives you the full picture of your business. I'm going to tell you all about the benefits of using NetSuite coming up in the break in the show. But if you want to join the over 31,000 other businesses that already use NetSuite, they have a special summer financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com invest. Just head over to netsuite.com invest for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash I-N-V-E-S-T. All right, let's kick off this episode of Invest Like a Boss. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey guys, this is Johnny and welcome to Invest Like a Boss podcast. I am in the former Yugoslavia uh, and Derek is without a car in LA, which is like being in LA with no legs. (laughs) Exactly. Like any other functioning large city, it shouldn't really be an issue, but it's kind of an issue for me right now. Yeah, actually, where I am as well, uh, it's kind of hard to get around. There's no Uber apps. Um, I, don't, I don't speak the language well enough to be able to call a taxi. So I've literally just been walking, you know, in the half a square mile that uh, I can get around. And but it's been OK. Yeah. And it adds up if you take Uber here now, because I mean, like everything, it's gone up. So I, I if anyone knows Los Angeles, I dropped my car off and kind of nearish like Westwood area where UCLA is, you know, LA Johnny, uh, kind of near UCLA yeah. and I live on Venice beach. So it's, uh, I don't know, four miles and guess how much my Uber was. Well, I'll tell you how much it would cost in <laughs> like places that I like living, right. Whether it's Thailand or Ukraine or even in like Poland, those four miles would probably cost, I would actually say between Three and five dollars maximum. Okay, times that by like six, and you're about where we're at here in LA. <laughs> Twenty five bucks, and that's before tip. You know, I gotta leave a tip. He was he was a good driver. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, I mean, here in, in Montenegro, I took a you know a taxi, a meter taxi, and it was still pretty cheap. It was like maybe three dollars for a mile. So I guess. Uh, but Uber normally is way cheaper. That's why I like being places with some kind of taxi app, whether it's Bolt, Uber, or you know whatever the local equivalent is. Yeah, honestly, Uber's been the cheapest lately. I'll usually check Uber and Lyft, and there's this new one called uh, Opali or something like that. I found it at the airport, mm-hmm. which the okay. airport's so crazy to get anything. You'll just take whatever you can get. But I noticed that one's that one's a little bit more expensive too. So Uber Uber wins for now. But I, I wouldn't really call that a win. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, as expensive as Ubers are, still often, it's still cheaper to Uber once in a while. 
you know, or even as your primary form of transport, unless you live in LA, I guess where it's, it's overpriced, but in general, it's cheaper to just Uber everywhere than it is to own a car. Do, do you know what the average cost of car ownership is per, per month in the U S per month? I'm not sure. Or I mean, what, well, let's, let's take, let's take the, uh, the federal, the federal tax for, for a mile. So when you, when you get credited, I think it's like 58 cents now is, <laughs> is what they, what they give you. And how much do you, how many miles do you drive a month on average? Oh, I, I drive about, it's 58.5 cents. <clears throat> so let me do the math here. I drive a lot. So I think last year I drove 33,000 miles. Wow. 0.585. So according to the federal government, it cost me $19,000 to drive my car. But I, I think most people aren't driving thirty thousand dollars a year. No, I think it's, it's probably probably half that, you know, if that about I think the average is like between ten and fifteen thousand. So yeah, let's 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 that. do that math. We'll take we'll say twelve. It's kind of a good yep. number, a thousand a month. Yep, exactly. That's uh exactly the, the, the price. I think it's somewhere between seven hundred uh no no, it used to be seven hundred. Now it's eight hundred per month on average. So that's factoring in the cost of ownership because remember you know, aside from these last two years where there's this chip shortage, cars are normally a liability. They, they only go down in price. Yep. Uh, you have the, you know, you have parking, you have maintenance, you have consumables like tires and brakes and, you know, oil changes. You have the cost of repair when it breaks down. You have fuel uh, or, I guess, electricity. Uh, and you have, you know, insurance. You have, there's so many factors that add, easily add up to 800 bucks a month. So many. And just one, you mentioned parking. So if you live in a, in a city like like L.A. or another major city where, you know, it's very dense population, a lot of people don't think about the, the parking costs. So I luckily have secured underground parking, um, but it's I live in a, a very tourist heavy area on the weekends. If if people want to come over and go to the beach or whatever it is, it's a struggle or something. I've even had to, I say just, you know, park park a couple miles away. I'll come pick you up. That's how bad it is. And if you want a spot, like let's say someone's selling their spot or somewhere to park, it's minimum two to $300 a month just to have a parking spot. Yeah. And you have to factor that in because even though you're lucky to have a parking spot, I guarantee you're paying more for rent for that apartment because of its parking spot. Right. And if, if, if nothing else, if you had just sold your parking spot or you, I mean, you rent, you know, you can sublease it out if you weren't using it, you would probably be getting at least you know three hundred bucks uh, a month for it, so that is a a potential source of income. That's kind of an expense now. Yeah, and there's actually, did you know there's apps for that? If you have an extra parking spot, you can like kind of Airbnb your your parking spot. That's amazing. Actually, the the business I've always wanted to get into, I just never really knew how. I thought of this in college, like more than ten years ago. I wanted to buy a piece of land and just have it be a parking lot. Because That's what I, I wanted to do too. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the easiest way to make money. There's nothing to break. Seriously. Like, like it's just an empty piece of land that I, you know, I remember there was a guy that used to stand there between seven in the morning and nine in the morning uh, collecting. I think it was like 10 bucks person or something to park the whole day. And this was in like some, res, you know, some like business area. And as soon as the parking lot filled up, he would just leave for the day. He'd be done working. He would work an hour or two a day, and that's it. And if it's somebody crazy. came, you know, if somebody left and someone came later, 
Like he didn't even care because he's like, I'm not going to wait around all day just to try to yeah. get another 10 bucks. Um, that reminds me, <laughs> this is, you're going to laugh at this. Okay. So I, I live in, in a really you know touristy area. The beach is really popular and like summer weekends and things like that. Here's what I've done, Johnny. You'll, you'll like this story. Mm. Um, I, I live at the very last road to the beach. So, you know, it's as close as cars can get. Um, the spots outside my place are street parking and you can park there anytime you want. So here's what I've done. Derek has a parking spot, but at night, you know, the place clears out. People don't want to be here at night for various reasons in Venice beach. Um, park your car overnight, wait till the morning when the beach parking lots are packed and they're charging $30. Just put a little sign up that says park here all day, 20 bucks within two minutes. Someone will give you 20 bucks cash. I moved my car to my garage spot. I made 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, what a crook. <laughs> it's, I don't know if that's embarrassing or like a great idea, but it works. <laughs> it's both at the exact same time. <laughs> I just, I, I think it's more, it's not even for the money. It's kind of for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't blame you for it, but it, it is. Uh, I'm glad more people are not doing that because it would, would annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> I moved my car like 10 feet and I made 20 bucks. So it's good. Oh man. So I think car ownership is probably the worst investment I've, I've made. Uh, you know, it's, it's in general, like people don't realize it's like the cost of your home, uh, you know, your, your living and then your cost of your car are the two big expenses. And in general, you know, even though, you know, homes technically go up usually. So at, at least it's not that bad of a liability, but cars, especially, if you, you know, if you spend a lot on a car, it's normally the, the the biggest expense, the worst investment ever, which is why I was so happy that when I left the US in 2008, I didn't own a car all the way up until now. And you, you want to try to calculate how much money I've saved in, how, how many years has that been? Since 2008, 14, so 14 years. years. Let's say I saved 10 grand a year. I've saved $140,000 just by not having a car. I've invested that's, that. That's almost Ferrari money, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know what? Since I've invested all of that this whole time, technically that, that's doubled. So it's like 280 grand that I wouldn't have in my net worth if I had, if I had a car. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, I did, I did spend money on Uber and taxis and things like that, but because I was living in places like Thailand or UK, it was so cheap. I would spend way less than a hundred bucks a month. I'd probably spend like 50 bucks a month maximum on, on taxes and things like that. Yeah, totally. I think that's the better move. Um, I, I know it's, it's, it's a terrible investment, but I got the car bug. I'm a car nerd. And as, as much pain as they caused me, I still love them for some reason. <laughs> yeah. They were a joy. Uh, I th- should, should we give away your, your secret identity on, on Instagram? <laughs> um, well, that's one of them. I got a new one coming too, but yeah, go, go for it. Um, I, a- <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I, uh, I didn't know if you knew it offhand, but I guess you do. <laughs> I, I do. It's, isn't it LA loves cars? Yeah. LA loves cars. And this is one of the nerdiest <laughs> things I do, but LA is, it's like the car capital of the world. Seriously, there's every kind of car you've ever seen, even cars that were never even sold in the U.S. I see them every day, and it, I, I, 
tend to roll through a lot of wealthy neighborhoods. So you see crazy, like six figure, even seven figure cars. And I do this thing called car spotting, which is basically like a paparazzi for cars. <laughs> and I post them on Instagram. And honestly, it's, it was just kind of for fun when I started it. And now it's kind of started like a following thing. So there's, I found out there's more, more people with this disease than I thought. Oh, it is a disease. So my other favorite podcast besides Invest Like a Boss, of course, is called Everyday Driver. And they're like basically car advice. Like, you know, people call in, well, not call in, they, they write in saying, what car should I buy? You know, I need I need it for this. This is, you know, my, my budget. This is what I like. And I've not missed an episode in the last 10 years. <laughs> and I don't even, like, I didn't even have a car until now. You actually turned me on to that podcast and I find it really interesting because the, you know what the, the, my favorite part about it is, is not even like their opinion on cars. Cause I uh, new cars or whatever it is. Cause I can get that anywhere. It's the people that write in that go, here's my situation. I got this going on. I need a, a, something for work. I need mileage. I need a truck, whatever it may be. And then they give them like cars that they should drive. And in my head, I'm like, Oh, well, what about this car or that car? Or they suggest a car. I'm like, oh, that's a brilliant car. It's just kind of fun to, um, it's not over. They're not overly like exciting over the top or anything. It's just a good conversation to listen to, I think. Yeah. And that's exactly why I listen to them. It's more just, I don't want to think too much. You know, I don't want to learn anything. <laughs> I just, it's almost <laughs> kind of just like having two friends sitting, you know, uh, next to you, just talking about, you know, a common interest uh, that I can kind of tune in or out of. It's like, not a big deal if I am half paying attention or not, but I do like it. Um, what is your, your favorite YouTube car channel? So I guess I'm kind of biased because he's, he's my neighbor in Venice. Um, there's a guy named Matt Farah. It's called the, the smoking tire. Um, he does some really cool stuff and he gets access to some really cool vehicles. Um, and he also just opened up a brilliant, another brilliant business idea called West side collector car storage. So like I said, you know, car space is very limited in Los Angeles. So this is for the, the guy or gal that has a pretty cool car, but nowhere to park it. So it's kind of like a little club for your cars. So you can go park your car there. They got it all secured indoors and they got on these cool racks. Like it's kind of like a, I don't even know how to, it's almost like an elevator for your car. Have you ever seen those Carvana things? Johnny. Yeah. It's uh, like that. So they got them on a, on a system um, indoors and then you can just push a button and be like, it's like a vending machine for your car and they can pull out your car within like 10 minutes and then you can drive it on the weekends or whenever you want, bring it back. They'll wash it for you. They'll make sure the battery doesn't die. It's a really, really cool concept. That, that, that is really cool. Uh, do you have any idea how much you charge this for a month? Uh, I I don't, it can't be cheap. I mean, just, just considering a spot alone is like 300 bucks in this neighborhood. I, I got to think you can't get there under 500 bucks a month. Yeah. But you know what, for, for people who have, you know, money and like, I would do it if I had like a, a Ferrari or something that I wanted to, to park, but I wouldn't do it for my Miata. Oh yeah. No, these are all high-end cars. And a lot of the people he said are people that don't live in LA, but they come here a lot for business or whatever it may be. And he's really close to the airport. So they'll, they'll go to LAX. They'll take a $10 Uber to, the, to go get their car. And then they have a car for their whole trip when they're here. It's, it's a pretty cool idea. And obviously when you're in LA, you want to flaunt and, and look good. And if you're rolling around in your Ferrari, every time you come to LA, it's kind of like a thing, I guess. Yeah, that is cool. I remember when I was making a lot of money a couple of years ago, I thought, you know what, this time when I go to LA, 
I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to rent the cheapest car I can find. I'm not going to rent the cheapest. Um, what, what, what's that? What's that car sharing app where you can rent people's cars? Oh, uh, it's terrible. Uh, Toro. Toro. Okay. I normally always just rent one of the cheapest possible cars out there. There's some and, junkers you know, on there too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like my budget for the longest time was 30 bucks a day. I was like, I refuse to pay more than 30 bucks a day yeah, for a car. I get it. it. It has gone up since then, but I remember thinking, you know what? Maybe I should rent something cool this time. You know, I, you know, I was making like 20 grand a month or something. I was like, I could afford something better. So I was going to rent a Jaguar F-Type for the week. Ooh, I like those. Yeah. The only problem is the ones that are on there are all like V6 automatics. I was like, yeah, they don't. They're, they're, um, a lot of the rental cars you'll find like, the, you know, people don't know how to drive sticks and they'll usually get the base model because they just think it looks cool. Or if you ever see like a V6 Mustang or Camaro convertible, nine out of 10 times, that's, that's a rental car. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm not spending, you know, thousand bucks a week to rent a freaking V6 uh, automatic. Uh, on the flip side here in Europe, every rental car is a manual by default. You have to pay extra for automatics. Do you know that? And that makes sense. It's kind of, I, I, I heard that. I think it's kind of changing a little bit, but definitely if you look at the ratio of people that know how to drive stick from Europe to the U S I mean, it's probably in the, the under 20% here in America. And I'm sure well over half in Europe, if not almost all know how to drive a yeah. stick. So I had an amazing time and here you can still get cars for 30 bucks a day. So I remember I drove a car from the West coast of Turkey all the way, like, you know, I, I don't know, eight hours to the South or something. I, I kept it for a week. It was a, it was a manual. It wasn't a snow. What was it? It was either like a, a French car or like a English car. I can't, I can't remember now. Um, I'm trying to look it up here. It wasn't an Opal. It was like a Renault. Yeah, it was a Renault and it was fun as crap to drive. <laughs> it was super fun. Uh, got, they, got, was, they got all those really cool hot hatches there and the little cool, little fun, little cars that we don't get here in the States. Yeah. So I had that. And then I think I had, then I rented another car to drive from Budapest to the border of Ukraine. And I think that was a Fugit or something. Puget? Fugo? Oh, uh, Peugeot. 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 Yeah. Peugeot. Or maybe, maybe it was a Citroen. Either way, I, I think when a car is manual and like lightweight and kind of small, automatically it's fun to drive. Yeah, totally. I was in Germany and I drove across the whole country and I wanted to get a Porsche and the prices were like crazy. So I got an Opal, which is kind of funny, but I was like, it was a small little car and it was fun. And it allegedly might've got up to like 130 miles an hour. Nice. <laughs> allegedly. Well, those were kilometers. So it's probably like 200. No, no, no. It was, it was miles. It was miles. Oh, I don't know what it was in oh. kilometers, but in, in the miles per hour, it was about 130. And then it started shaking pretty bad. And I was like, yeah, we better, uh. better roll this thing down. <laughs> and how much did that cost you per day to rent? Oh, I don't remember. This is like 2018. Um, I don't, I don't remember, but it was honestly, I just got laid off. So my budget was pretty uh, limited, I think. So it must've been cheap. And do you know what the Porsche was? It was like three times the price. And at the time, had I, had I been employed, I, I probably would have went for it, but you know. <laughs> well, speaking of Porsches, uh, it turns out in Europe, they, they call it Porsche, 
Well, yeah, I say Porsche. That Porsche. is the correct <laughs> saying, Porsche. But it just always sounded so douchey to, to say. And, you it know, did. It did. And then Porsche. I became like a real car guy, and I was like, all right, I'm going Porsche. <laughs> but oh. when I was a kid, I used to say Porsche for sure. So despite everything we just say, said about owning a car being the worst investment possible, despite the fact that I am <laughs> a nomad again, I'm just traveling around, uh, I bought a car, and not just any car. I bought a Porsche. <laughs> I, I saw this, Johnny, and I thought it was just one of your little yeah, like YouTube gags. Like, oh, hey, I bought a Porsche, like clickbait. But you actually bought a Porsche. Yeah, and it was the, the most random thing ever. It was literally my last day or my second to last day in Ukraine. I was leaving the following morning, uh, and I had just walked over to a coffee shop. I ran into two of my subscribers, and they were – you know, and we just chatted for an hour, had coffee. I walked them to their car um, really just because I was so full from eating that cake that I said, <laughs> you know, I live to the left, but I'll, I'll walk, you know, where'd you guys park? And I got up to the car and I was like, wow, this is really cool. It was a white Cayenne GTS. Ooh, the and GTS said, is the good one too. Yeah. And I was like, this is a cool car. And it was beautiful. You know, and he said, oh, you know, uh, actually, I'm selling it. And uh, was there any particular reason? Yeah, because there's a war in Ukraine. <laughs> 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 you know, and it was like it was un at first it's unsafe to have a car there. Like so many thousands of cars have been destroyed during the war, either through bombing or shelling or just, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's just not a good time to have a car. Secondly, mm -hmm. Do you know that there hasn't been fuel in Kiev for the last probably 30 days? Oh, so they just, if running on whatever the stations got, or are some of the stations even open? I mean, because you said a lot of the restaurants and stuff were like maybe 10% are open. And like, if I was a gas station employee, I'm not sticking around, honestly. Well, it wasn't that. It was they... I think Russia destroyed a bunch of like refineries or pipelines and the rest of it needed to go to the East to, you know, to, into the military war efforts. So, yeah. And, and I think as a side kind of note, I think uh, you, the government didn't want so many people on the road because it was causing traffic and uh, they needed the supply lines kind of free. Uh, it was also kind of a, a danger to have a bunch of cars, you know, uh, everywhere, the checkpoint, you know, with checkpoints, and everything. So they kind of just wanted to discourage people from driving. So they did a limit of 10 liters uh, per fill up, which is, I think, like, what, two and a half gallons or something? Yeah, like, it was like just a very do, trivial amount. I was just going to do the math. Keep talking. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, because there was this gas shortage and because people can only get 10 liters a day, uh, and because a lot of the stations were closed or I ran out, if you wanted to try to get some fuel, it, you'd have to wait in line for, you know, one to three hours plus. So just basically nobody was driving. Yeah. So it's 2.6 gallons. That's, I mean, what are you getting? Maybe 30, 40 miles in that Porsche. <laughs> I don't think you're getting yeah, much further maybe. than that. <laughs> probably, probably 30. <laughs> so there is, so it was that. And then, uh, him and his wife had decided to leave Ukraine uh, for the war. And this was, you know, uh, and they wanted to move back to the UK where he's from. He, he's, he's, he's not Ukrainian. He, he's a British guy. Um, and she had a Mini Cooper. So they could oh, drive both cars. Too. 
Yeah, super fun. It was a, it was actually a clubman. So they wanted to take just one car. Uh, the Mini Cooper got much better gas mileage, was newer. So they decided, well, we either have to abandon the Porsche in Ukraine and let it kind of just sit there, not knowing if or when they're going to come back, or they can try to sell it. And you know, they listed you know for sale, but there was literally like no offers. Right. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. People aren't going to splurge on a Porsche <laughs> during the middle of a war. Yeah. So I told him, I said, it's a beautiful car. Uh, if this was any other time, I would consider buying it. But right now I'm leaving tomorrow. It's like the worst timing possible. Yeah. And his wife was like, you know, basically like, well, we need to get rid of it. So, um, you know, like kind of like, you know, you'd be doing us a favor, you know, name your price. And I said, Look, if it was like 10 grand, I would consider it just as a gamble. But if it's any more than that, like I just can't take that gamble. Yeah. And he was like, no freaking way. I'm, you know, letting this go for 10 grand. But she was like, we need to get rid of it. The voice of reason. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel do you feel guilty though? Do you think you got it? But I mean, you're also taking a huge risk too by having it there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge risk. And honestly, it's been a pain in the ass because uh, first, I had to find a, a place to park it. And then I, if the battery dies with the Porsche, I think you have to go maybe even to a Porsche dealership to reprogram it. Ugh, um, all these new cars are like, they're just like any, any excuse to get it to a dealer. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's been a liability. And, and I, I was hoping that fuel would come back within a week, but, you know, it hasn't. It's, it's been a month and it's still like that. Um, I don't know if he regrets selling or not because I think he I don't I don't I don't think he actually ended up going to the UK. I think maybe his plans has changed, but either way, it was like at the time it was such a big gamble for me um, that it was kind of like it was it was I think it was a fair deal because I was doing I was doing him a favor by you know giving him something versus um, him not getting anything at all and having this this war this liability. Uh, and honestly, I don't think the car is actually, war- even though it's a cool car in the U S it'd probably go for a lot. I think the actual fair market value of it was about 15 grand. So it wasn't that big of a discount because it has yeah, it's high honestly, miles. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is if, if you never bought a high-end car, the, as much as they say values dropping cars, it times that by three on, on a car that has a sticker over like 60 grand. It just drops like a rock and, and the expense it's basically because the expense is to fix it. Um, I owned a BMW for a while. Awesome car. It was amazing until you got the repair bill and you're like, Oh, I could have drove a Chevy or a Ford and it would have cost a third as much to drive, but it wouldn't been near as fun either. But the repair bills really start to add up when those cars get older and the, the dash lights up like a Christmas tree every two weeks. Yeah, I, I've already budgeted another, another ten grand into, you know, keeping it maintained um, and whatever's going to break. I mean, it already actually it actually already came with the crackman shield and has a wine, so I think it might be a fuel pump. So right then, it's going to be, you know, a couple five hundred bucks or maybe a thousand bucks to fix everything. Johnny, do so, you know what a, a brand new Porsche Cayenne GTS goes for? You know what? They've significantly raised in price since since two thousand eight when, when this one was built. But what Definitely. are they now? So now starting price for the GTS package, $113,000. That's insane that I'm driving a $113,000 car because brand new, 
this car in 2008 was like 60 grand or 70 yeah, grand. Yeah, probably 60 it, it, to 70, yeah. Yeah, which is still an expensive car and adjusted for, you know, for inflation, you know, maybe it's like 80 grand, but 113, it's, 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 it's crazy. And you know what? You'd be lucky if you got it for 113 right now because dealer oh, markups God. are insane right now. I've been trying to buy yeah. a new car. The only manufacturer that I was able to get a car like right out of the lot at MSRP, no discounts. This is like sticker price was Hyundai. For some reason, they got their stuff together. And actually, Hyundai used to be like kind of a joke, but they make some pretty nice cars now. They teamed up with Kia and they make some some pretty cool cars now. I, di- I didn't I didn't bite on it, but that was the only uh, manufacturer that I could go to the lot, get one that day and drive away for sticker price. Everyone else is adding three to 10,000 plus on top of sticker price, just dealer markups. It's such a scam going on right now. That's insane. You know what? I actually, I, I, I refuse to ever pay a markup uh, on a car. Same I, I with think, me. I, I would I, call yeah. and I, I just hung up the phone. I was like, nope, not interested. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, the, the car company, the manufacturer doesn't even make that money. It's just the greedy dealerships that make that money. Yeah, and, and then I got the old scam. I I I I love playing the the game of selling. Um, when I got to the Hyundai, I drove a, a Hyundai Santa Cruz. I don't know if you know what those are Johnny. It's kind of cool. It's like this little, yeah, but it's like a truck too. It's got the truck bed in the back. Oh, okay. Um, pretty neat. They kind of look like the uh, like a, a little bit of a like a like a, a has a cyber truck sort of. Um, cool little car. And the mileage was terrible, though. I got 23 miles to the gallon. That was a big thing because I really want a Ford Maverick, which gets 40 miles to the gallon, and it's a truck. Uh. Um, so he was like, oh, yeah, get it for sticker for you. And then he pulled this line. This is my favorite. He goes, you know, when we sell it for sticker, we only make $55 profit. I was like, get out of here. There's <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's such a, they're just trying to get anything for a sale. It's so, it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Okay, so... I do like Hyundai's a lot. Uh, I remember when I, I had rented a Hyundai Elantra back in like 2016 or 2017 when it was like North American car of the year. Yeah, and I I remember thinking this is a really good car to drive. They really uh, stepped up their game in the last ten years or so. Yeah, I don't necessarily like the the new design. I think it's too. It's got weird headlights. Tri- <laughs> Triangle-y, I guess is the word for it. Um, and but in general, I like. Hyundai's. I like their interiors. I like their infotainments. I like their seats. I think they're just good cars, and that you know they're reliable. They have great warranties. Like, there's no reason not to have it. Yeah, no, it was a nice car. The big thing was the gas. I did the math on it. Uh, compared to my current car, it would have cost me an extra four hundred dollars a month just in gas. So I was like, ooh. Oh man, how much does it cost lot. to fill up your tank? So I drive a hybrid, which you think is probably the cheapest car out there to fill it up. What, what uh, car is it? It's um I have a rental. It's a sweet deal. It's a long story, but it's getting old, so that's why I'm trying to replace it. Um, it's a Ford C Max. It's ugly. It's a terrible car, but uh-huh. it gets 40 miles to the gallon, and I need to drive a lot, so it's worked out. Um, but I think it's like it's probably like a 12 gallon tank, and I get okay. about four to five hundred miles of range depending on if I'm going up hills and everything. And in the city, it's a hybrid, so it does really well in the city. I get about 40 miles of the gallon. Average cost, if the, the tank's low, it's 60 to 65 bucks a tank. Okay, that's crazy. Uh, I just did the calculation of how much it's going to cost me to fill up my tank in Ukraine. <laughs> and remember, uh, even though Americans are com- complaining about well, you know, gas prices, 
we still have the cheapest gas in the whole world besides maybe like subsidized like Iran or something. Oh yeah, totally. I did this thing with, um, I was hosting an event and it was kind of just a fun game. I was, I did gas prices around the world. Every time I would say, you know, is it higher or lower than the U S price? Everyone would say, Oh, it's gotta be lower than our prices. And like 90% of the time they were wrong. (laughs) I was like, the U S is cheap. (laughs) The U S is way cheaper. And I think we've been kind of artificially cheap. I think, you know, gas should never have been, you know, $3 a gallon. Like I think, it should, it should have been $5 a gallon in a few years now. So, you know, get used to it, guys. <laughs> but the Cayenne GTS has a 26-gallon tank. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I just looked up the C-Max as 13, so you're double mine. Yeah. Uh, and gas is more expensive here. So it would cost me exactly $200 Ooh. to fill up my, my car. That's that's when you start looking at trips and you go, do I do I really have to drive there? <laughs> yeah, and that would take you know I can I can drive two hundred ninety miles, and that's without me flooring it. So let's say you know two hundred if I was actually driving the Porsche the way it should oh, be. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. So I my tank's half the size, but I get twice as many miles out of it too. Yeah, so. This is definitely the worst investment I've ever made <laughs> in my life, but I just love cars so much. I I also love getting a good deal. Uh, and it was just beautiful. And I thought, you know what? What the heck? Let me just go for it. So, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I look forward to it. So I decided I'm actually going to go with the Ford Maverick, but uh-huh. well, I guess everyone else in the world wants one too. So they oh, actually no. cut off orders, but in August you can order one again. So I'm going to order in August. And they said, hopefully like by like October or November, I should have it delivered. And here's a little trick. If you guys definitely okay. don't want to pay markup, if you can wait a little bit, almost every manufacturer now, since the chip crisis and everything will let you order a car from the factory. So in Europe and other countries like that, they've been doing this for years. I mean, the American thing is go to the lot, pick the one on the lot that you like, mm-hmm. which really actually kind of sucks when you think about it. It's cool because you get it right away, but there's always like, oh, I wanted leather or I wanted a sunroof or I don't I, know that color is okay, but it's not great. You order from the factory, you get everything you want. Exactly. Yeah. It exactly like you want. And it's like most places now, like two to three months, and the manufacturers are not allowing dealers to add a markup on a factory vehicle. Thank God. Thank God. So if you can afford to ride out your current car a few months, order one from the factory. Yeah. And you know what? That is the way it should be done. Like the, the, the fact that we are so spoiled that we think we can drive to the dealership on a Sunday <laughs> morning, yep. pick the car we want, you know, like give it to me. I want it now. I want it now. It's a car, you know, like you're not gonna buy a house in the same day. Like, but at the same time, I like the way Tesla's done it where you can spec out exactly what you want. You can pay for it online with a credit card. You you don't have to go through a dealership. I do like the fact that you can test drive cars. And I think that should always be around. Uh, I think that should be in every major city, you know, in the U S so people, people have access to test drive, but Having you know cars on a lot at a dealership, it is such an outdated model that is yeah. just annoying. I hate, hate, I dread negotiating. Oh, with it's awful. It's, awful. it's the worst thing I, in the world. 
I actually, on that note, uh, the Ford has a really cool CEO now uh, named Jim Farley. Really smart guy, business guy, and he knows cars. A lot of times you get these Detroit people that are just all business and know nothing about cars and you end up with terrible cars. So Ford's on a roll right now. And he actually just announced, which I'm sure the dealers are not happy, that in the next couple of years, all Ford electric cars are going to be ordered online, just like Tesla. You will not Good. go to a dealer at all. Good. Thank God. So- I actually, I really like the Mavic. I haven't seen it in person, so it's I don't pr- know. It's a cool little truck, kind of 40 miles to the gallon in a truck, Johnny. That's, yeah. un, that's unheard of. So, yeah. So, okay. Uh, what spec would you get? So I I'm think sure you spec this out. I did. Yeah. I'm going kind of middle of the road. There's an XL okay. and XLT and like a, a, a Lariat, I think. So I went okay. XLT. Was, so, is that a, like a super crew or why is it XLT? Was this the uh, it's just a, just the package, the trim package. So they're all four door trucks. Um, and then I, I went to XLT package, which just kind of got a little bit, it's got the, uh, it's that adaptive cruise control and kind of the lane assist thing, which okay. I thought was like, Oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. If you ever driven in a car with that, it's, it's kind of nice. You're still driving. Yeah. It's not driving you, but it's pretty nice. Um, and it's and the emergency, like breaking thing has saved me a couple times, honestly. Um, so I definitely don't need the emergency the, uh, braking, but it would be nice to have adaptive cruise. Yeah, the adaptive cruise is really cool. And yeah. then it has, um, I got the moonroof and then I got the bed liner because I'm going to be throwing stuff in the back. I don't want to scratch it all okay. up. And uh, totally everything I wanted to get. This is why this truck is so hot because it is a bargain. All mm-hmm. loaded up, everything I wanted to get in it, $26,000. Nice. And are you actually going to use the moonroof? Do you actually open it? Oh my God. I love it. I, my current car does not have one and I, I miss it all the time. Okay. I don't know why I just, I'm, I'm the guy, are you the guy that, that drives with the windows open? Cause I am. And I notice a lot of yeah. people aren't anymore. No, I, I, I love driving the windows open, but I never use my moonroof. It, it's too hot. Uh, or just, I don't know. It's always annoying. I like, I'd rather, if I do use a moonroof, I like crack it open a little bit, but I definitely don't have it open. Oh no, I love it. I'm like, the more air, the better. Let it flow through. <laughs> so, <laughs> get, a, get a Miata. There you go. Actually, you know what? What's funny about a Miata? I like them. Um, I can't fit in it. My knees do not tall. go behind the yeah. uh, the dash. So. Uh, fun fact. I used to own a Miata. <laughs> Which is crazy because I'm taller than you, but you're quite a bit bigger than me. Yeah, but I was way smaller back then. So <laughs> oh, okay. I think, yeah, uh, I was probably like 30 pounds lighter. So I fit in it perfectly fine. Actually, I sat in it as a joke. I saw one on a lot and I was like, hey, look how funny it would be if I sat in this car. And I go right in and I was like, this fits like a glove. <laughs> this is tailor-made for Johnny. I must have. Yeah. <laughs> and the first time I, I drove one, I was like, this is the best car I've ever driven. It's so fun. <laughs> it's like... It's, it's, I had it in LA. I had it in that, uh, Smurf blue. It was, you know, it was manual course. It was the, I think it was a 92. So like the, the first gen. Oh, the gen one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they have some kind of name so, for them. I can't think of it, but yeah. Yeah. And, and a Miata or a B Miata. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was so fun to drive. It was like, if, if you guys have never driven a Miata, you've never driven a sports car like what like what what a sports car is supposed to feel like like handling it's, wise yeah they don't have a ton of power but they're just they're they're like little go-karts yeah and the best thing about it is you can have a, the time of your life without ever breaking the speed speed limit totally all right johnny pause for one second because 
I think I remember you telling me that you had some other pretty cool cars too. Let's take a, a super quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor this week and we'll find out what else Johnny was rowing in when he was in the United States. This week's sponsor of Invest Like a Boss is NetSuite by Oracle. If you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software, you're not seeing the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that gives you the full picture of your business with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need all in one place. You can automate your manual processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. In fact, 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So let's get you upgraded as well. You can join over 31,000 businesses that already use NetSuite. And this summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash invest just head to netsuite.com slash invest for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses one more time that's netsuite.com slash i-n-v-e-s-t all right uh derek when I try to take a guess what my first car ever was. Okay, so I'm going backwards here. You had a Porsche. Yeah, you have a Porsche. You had a Miata. You're like a, well, we talked about the wind thing. You're like, okay, so you don't like sunroofs, but you like convertibles, first of all. So uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I've owned two convertibles in my life. I, I, I like convertibles. You I don't, don't like, like sunroofs. <laughs> you like of, convertibles. Okay. Yeah, because with, with the convertible, you actually have the whole top down. So you get like lots of, you know, wind and air. You feel, you know, all right. free, all right? Like you're on a motorcycle. There, but, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it wasn't anything American because you wanted something more exotic. Okay. Let's say, let's say European. You like Europe, the European uh-huh. car. Um, and it was a convertible. So you got to go, got to go German, the German convertible. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, so I'm going either BMW Mercedes or because you just bought a Porsche, it might've been another Porsche. Okay. Am I, am I on the right track? Yes. You are. Okay. Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to say Porsche cause you like sports cars too. And you bought, uh-huh. just bought a Porsche. So it makes sense, yes. but yep, it was a cheap traffic. one yep. <laughs> because you're Johnny. Uh-huh. Um, well, obviously, then a Cayman. You got a Cayman. No, it's not a Cayman. Sorry, uh, uh, the the boxer. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a first gen boxer. It was a ninety nine. It was nice silver with the, with the red interior with the uh, the the fried egg headlights. Yeah, but I had replaced the tail lights with the the next generation one. The face. Oh yeah, one, yeah, so. yeah. I know what you're talking about. It, yeah, yeah. It looked way better. Uh, I you had to replace the headlights with the next gen too. <laughs> yeah, you you just couldn't. Yeah. Um, but I remember I had a roommate. Did it? I don't. I don't know if you know this, but I was living uh, in Bel Air when I first. Yeah, moved yeah. You told to, me about this at like some yeah. estate or something. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was, technically it was a townhouse, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, in a gated community with two pools. Um, this guy I knew, you know, he 
was, you know, he was seeing all the time. He had a, you know, he had a big, big place. Uh, and he's like, Johnny, like, we'll just move in. You know, you can move into my spare bedroom. And I said, I can't afford it. Like my budget is 800 bucks a month. You know, the only place I can afford in LA is in uh, like Alhambra. Oh and no. Said, <laughs> yeah. And he said, sorry, sorry. Anybody from Alhambra. <laughs> Actually, I like Alhambra to be honest, but I like Asian food. So that makes sense. Um, but uh, he was like, yeah, just, just move in. Just give me 800 bucks a month. You know, he didn't need the money. Um, and yeah, I had a great time. I lived there for a couple of years. Uh, no, a couple of months. Sorry. And he had a, 911 turbo. Ooh. And I remember and first that's it was a cool, car that it, that's a car that is not a liability. The, almost all those will go up. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I mean, I've spent a significant amount of time in his car and it wasn't that different. I mean, they're kind of the same size because yeah. you never sit in the back seat. Like he never like was able to push it, you know, fast enough to to actually, you know, use the power because we lived, you know, we lived in LA. Especially in LA, yeah. <laughs> so to me, I'm like, I basically got 90% of, of, you know, your car for 10% of the price. That's a good point. You know what? I drove a Cayman S when, oh, like I said, so we were talking about going through Germany, right? That was right after I got laid off and I'm still kicking myself for not buying it. But I was like, ah, you know, I saved up a bunch of money. I knew it was coming, but I was like, this car is amazing. <laughs> um, uh, I loved it. And it was like 60,000 miles and it was $26,000. And this was like four years ago. And now those are like the same car with more miles is like 40 grand now. So yeah, (laughs) I literally would have made money. Great cars. I'd rather have a Cayman than a 911. They're better cars. I think I would too. Mid engine. Yeah. The 911 is the rear engine. So the the tail gets really heavy and it'll kind of, it'll, if you get it, if you push it a little too hard, it'll slide where the Cayman is just like so balanced and crisp and the boxer too. It's just yeah, perfect weight distribution. Yeah. You know, the funniest thing about the the boxer Cayman is for the first time in history, the hard top costs more than the convertible. Yeah, that is interesting. Usually it's the other way around, but I think the like enthusiast type guys and track guys want, you know, want the hard top. Yeah. So I love Porsche. I, I, I like their engineering. I like everything just is just refined. Um, it's weird because I don't seem like the type to like refined things. You know, you would yeah. think I would be the, the type to want like a, you know, like a boss V8 Mustang or something, or like, you know, just something with a big engine, lots of power and loud, but I don't know. I like that we find the refinedness of a Porsche. It just, no, I, I'll take so well. I'll take a Porsche with 300 horsepower versus a Mustang with 600 horsepower any day. Any and day. Um, have you ever been to Stuttgart, Johnny? Uh, no, but I would love to. You have to go. I went to the Porsche factory and the Porsche museum. So you get to go and see how they're made. So they make the Cayman, the Boxer, and the 911s all in the same factory. And when I went there, they were just about, they were, they blocked it off. You couldn't go in, but they also make the, the Taycan there, the new electric one, which Ooh, is a sweet ride yeah. too. Um, but I was surprised. I've been to a couple other car factories. I went to BMW. I went to Audi. And if you go to their those factories, it's, I swear, three people make a car. The rest is all robots. That's all done by robots. Mm-hmm. And you're like, where are the workers? There's no one here. Go to Porsche. There's guys using a socket wrench on a car. They're like building a lot of that stuff by hand. There's, um, they went to the, the dash area. You know how the dashes are wrapped in leather? They had people mm-hmm. actually using sewing machines like by hand and sewing stuff. Wow. It's so cool. Like it's not a hundred percent hand built car like a Rolls Royce, but 
a lot of those Porsches are still built with, you know, actual humans. And it's really cool to see how they do it. It is cool. I, I, I would rather just have cars manufactured by robots. I think it's more efficient, but uh, it is cool that it's, it's still craft that it still exists. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a special car. And, and the Porsche thing has just gone out of control lately, especially the old air cooled stuff. Um, if you're looking, if you're looking to a car that could potentially appreciate, I mean, most cars are horrible value. You really, you can't go too wrong with it, with a good Porsche. Yeah, but it is going to, I'm not looking forward to the cost of maintaining it, but yeah, <laughs> it is a, yeah, it's a beast. Um, mine is a 4.6 liter V8 with 405 horsepower. Ooh. That's what aspirated. Sounds fun. But also weighs like six thousand pounds, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, I, I've been in, I've been in the Cayennes and the Macans are cool too. Um, they're they're not a nine eleven, but they're not your soccer mom SUV either. They're super fun. Yeah, they're they're fun to drive. And, and unfortunately, I literally had one day to drive it around before <laughs> I parked it. Uh, but the family that's living in my apartment now, uh, they lost their homes in Maripol due to the war. So I let them move in to my place for free. They're gonna stay there until July. And I just had them, you know, start my car once a week to, you know, so the battery doesn't die. And every time she does it, her friends come over and they take like selfies of the. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. It, I like yeah. that. Hey, a little bit of joy in a time of war is never a bad thing. So I, I like that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, back to you, Mavic. What color are you going to get? Because I, I can tell you what color I would choose. I think I'm going to do the blue, blue, like the yes. really blue one. It the, looks the good. The bright blue, right? velocity yeah. blue. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Good. You know, I look forward to driving this car. Uh, are you going to get the 2.5 liter hybrid or the EcoBoost? I'm going to do the hybrid because it gets 40, but even the EcoBoost gets like 30, which is really good for a truck. Yeah, that's only a thousand more. Uh, is it that much? Actually, you don't need it to be faster. No, in uh, LA, if, you, if you're doing 40, it's a good day. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think the hybrid is, is, is completely fine. Yeah, I like the Mavic a lot. I, when it first came out, I wasn't even thinking about getting a truck but i watched the straight pipes on youtube and when i saw they reviewed it i was like you know what this is a cool car like i wouldn't mind driving it it's just it's it's like a really smart idea it's efficient it's got a truck bed and it's just a good everyday car it's not gonna be the most exciting thing to drive ever but that's why i'm hoping soon i'll have a second parking spot and then i'll get my fun car which oh gonna gonna be porsche i think would it be which one? I think I, I I love the Cayman. I'm I'm with you on that. Like that's I don't need a 911. Honestly, the Cayman is plenty. Yeah, and you know what? If I was gonna buy a new uh, Porsche SUV, it, I, I would actually probably just get a Macan. I think it's it's good enough in size. Um, they're smaller. They're easier to park. They're way cheaper. But if I was gonna buy a used Porsche, I think that the the Cayennes are just a good value. They are. I looked at a Cayenne Turbo, the like first gen, a couple of years ago, and I was just I was just thinking about the maintenance cost. But it was a cool car. It was it was, it was fun too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so if I was gonna have a second car, it would definitely be a sports car. You want to try to guess what it would be? I, I don't think you would. I don't think you'd be able to guess. <laughs> give me give me a country where it's made. What what country do you think it would be? Well, you seem like the German guy, but then you like the Miata too. So that's Japanese. Yeah. So mm. it wouldn't be German because I'd want a cheap sports car. I wouldn't want to just spend a ton of money on it. Okay. So a Japanese car. Yes. Um, convertible again? No. Okay. Even though, okay. 
Miata would be the choice because I do like Miatas a lot, but because other, and if there was no other options, I would be 100% happy with Miata. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's a new car, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say the Nissan Z. I like it a lot, but no, it's similar to that, but cheaper. Cheaper than that. Oh, like a, like a, maybe like the Toyota 86. Yes, exactly. Nice. It I just, like those too. <laughs> it's like the perfect car. It's uh, the car I dreamed about when I was in high school or college. You know, I had a Celica, uh, a 97 Celica. I loved it. I love those too with the dual yeah. headlights, the two circle headlights. It was headlights. beautiful. I love oh it. Oh my God. I love those cars. Remember um, yeah. oh, what was the game? Like the Sega Rally or something like that? They yeah, had one the, of those the, and I was like, this yeah. is the coolest car ever. <laughs> so I love the way it looked. I love the size, the functionality of it. It was fun to drive. Still good in gas. Um, and I always kind of thought of it as a baby, baby Supra, right? Yep. Uh, but the only two problems with it was it was a bit underpowered. And the second, it was front wheel drive. And, and the thought, new one, you know no, what? it's rear wheel drive. It's rear wheel drive. No, the Celicas were front. Yeah. Oh, so the, the Celica. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the, uh, the, the other yeah. one. Sorry. Uh, and yeah. When the 86 came out, it was all of a sudden rear wheel drive, but slightly underpowered. And now the new, new one. It solves all bit, that. It solves all problems. <laughs> And it's still a very affordable car. I think they're about what thirty. I think 30, around thirty, they- you can get one. Yeah, I think right around thirty, maybe low thirties. Yeah. yeah, cool car. So I, I approve of that I would decision. Absolutely get that. Yeah, in manual, of course, without without even saying. Yeah, definitely yeah. cool car for sure. And well, it looks like the average. Yeah, they, they start at thirty grand. So I would, I would probably get a. Actually, I don't know. I, I don't think like the specs, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't get like the top line order. I think. I honestly don't think there's a whole lot of specs to get on those. So they're just cool cars to begin with, and then the fun of those kind of cars too is kind of make them your own in the aftermarket too. I want to do that. No, I'm done. I'm done with. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, I like. I'm a big, big proponent of just leaving it the way it is, getting the options you want because. Every time you unscrew something, it fucks up the car. Like even if you just change the radio, like with the speakers, you end up with rattles. Like it just doesn't, like you don't have the same fit and finish. Uh, yeah, I agree. If you think about yeah. it, like think of how many people had to touch like each part of a car and make sure it was done right. And you have the audacity to think that you alone can make it better than they could. Yeah. So like literally the only two things I would ever change, you know, besides maybe rims, but even then I, I, w- I would rather not. Maybe I would maybe get an intake just for sound or an exhaust just for sound. But even then, I don't, I don't think I'd want to drive around with a loud car anymore. So, oh, yeah. speaking of that, uh, California is going to start doing like a like a sensor or something that detects like decibels, and it's like a camera. If your car's they too should. loud, you get a they ticket. Should. Yeah. They should. They it, should. It's it's a new public nuisance. So, oh, these rattles, popcorn rattle exhausts and stuff—they're awful. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, as much as I hate California, like, you know, these rules, um, I understand why they do it. And I think as I get older, I'm happy that they're doing it. I know. Same. I, I got those like the big Harley motorcycle gangs going down the street. And then it's not only bad enough that they're so loud and they're blaring music through there, which they can't yeah. even hear anyways, that when they roll by, they set off the car alarms, too. Yeah. And they do it on purpose. They they love yeah. doing it. So I, it's annoying as crap. Uh, I hope these guys, you know, basically get kicked out. So you know. <laughs> well, it's been fun shooting the shit with you, Johnny. I mean, this is uh, like we said, we're we're trying new stuff on iLab. Uh, we both have cars. We talk about cars just off 
offline here. So I was like, why not put it into a pod? Yeah. And, you know, fun fact is I randomly send Derek photos of cool cars that I spot on the street as well, wherever I am. Yeah. I try to try to give you credit as much as I can there too. You, you find some, I love seeing stuff that you don't see. Like I like weird cars. Like I, I can see yeah. a 64 Mustang every single day. It's cool. But I mean, send me a, a, a lot of Neva four by four. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, that was the car I thought I was going to buy in Ukraine. I wanted I, this like SUV. If you figure Lada. out how to export those. I want one, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I, I still might get one. I, I'll, I'll, and I'll maybe I'll get a custom plate on my Porsche saying my other car is a lot of. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, Derek. It was fun, fun to chat. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show and this format. Uh, and just allow us to kind of share our thoughts on you know, how our expenses work, what our thoughts work and whatever some of our side hobbies are. Because remember, investing isn't just about making more money. It's about freeing up our time and our finances so we can spend the money on the things we actually like doing and spending money on. And it's not always buying the most expensive thing or staying in the most expensive hotel. Sometimes it's, you know, finding good deals and uh, enjoying the crap out of life, which I think, you know, uh, at least me and me and Derek have hacked. Uh, I think Sam more likes to throw money at the problem to make it go away. <laughs> yeah, we, we like to find a good bargain for sure. And if you guys are like as carb sus as us, or you just, you got a car that, you know, a lot of people name their cars or they just have a cool story with it. Tell us about it. You know, go to the boss lounge on Facebook. If you're not a member yet, you can find the link at investlikeaboss.com. Post your car. Uh, I think Johnny, we'll get a picture of your car. I'll post, I'll post my little uh, new ride I find next. I'm going to look for a little kind of, I guess a uh, band-aid car, we'll call it to make it like six mm-hmm. months until I get my Maverick. So once I get that, I'll, I'll post that up and just let's see what you guys are rolling in. Yeah. Uh, Derek, start at the red saying, Hey bosses, what are you driving and why? I will do look for it in the boss lounge. All right. See you guys. Drive safe and uh, be safe. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.